0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. My name is Caitlin LeGreis, and I'm the founder of Be Her Village. Be Her Village is an online gift registry for what moms really need, support, not stuff. We're talking to providers and people who care for moms in their pregnancy, their birth, their postpartum. We're talking to real moms and hearing their stories and really just getting into all the good stuff that comes along with new parenthood. So, check us out, tune in, and let us know what you think.
1: Hey there, happy Sunday. I hope everybody is feeling well and not too stressed out with the upcoming holidays. Hopefully, you're able to take some time to rest and just be. And as you know, at Be Her Village, we're all about giving less stuff and instead supporting small businesses like the one Caitlin is interviewing for this episode. For those of you who have been following along since the beginning, or if you're new here and have just stumbled upon our podcast, let me introduce Be Her Village. We are a gift registry where expectant parents can ask for and receive the funds they need to pay for the support they deserve. And that support can be anything from a doula to a pelvic floor PT or, like in this episode, yoga classes and new mom support groups. Caitlin talks with Michelle Goitia of JC Bump and Baby. Michelle leads prenatal and postpartum yoga classes and community groups for moms. She's based in Jersey City, but now offers her group classes virtually. In the show notes, I'll link where you can find Michelle on the Be Her Village website and on Instagram. The overarching theme of this episode is tuning in to how you feel, and from there, giving yourself grace. Stay well and enjoy the episode.
2: My name is Michelle Goitia. My business name is JC Bumpin' Baby, and I offer pre- and postnatal yoga as well as support groups uh, for pregnancy um, new moms and working moms and yoga for labor and birth workshops.
0: Wow that sounds incredible. How did you get into this
2: work Michelle? So my story I always tell my story it's I was in corporate world and I wanted I was I had taken my regular yoga training and I decided to take prenatal teacher training uh, and I there was two weekends of prenatal yoga teacher training with a four-day work week in between. And then after the first weekend of prenatal teacher training, I said I have to quit my job.
0: Oh, my goodness. So the
2: day after I finished my second weekend in prenatal yoga, I walked into the office and I resigned.
0: <laughs> wow. Michelle, So sorry. I thought we were going to talk about pregnant people, but now I want to talk about that because <laughs> yeah. that is a huge, huge move. What what was going on before you took that training? That, Like, what happened? What was in that decision? I don't know.
2: The, you know, listen, I, I was in textiles for about 15 years, and I, I loved my work, but it was very intense, and I was the only person with kids in my five-person office. Everybody worked like crazy. I would have to take a deep breath every time I stepped off the elevator to walk down the hallway to go to work, and I was like, Ugh, I just... But it was kind of like, I hate to use this analogy, but it was kind of like an abusive like relationship, like it was really bad. And then something really good would happen. And then I'd be like, okay, I can do this. And then, you know, I just keep going over and over. But when I took the prenatal yoga teacher training and we were talking about the woman and what she can do and everything that the woman's body does and all of that, I was just like fascinated by it. And I just couldn't get enough of it. And then after that, I decided to become a birth doula and do childbirth education. I mean, even my sister was like, what, what is the fascination with this? I go, I don't know, but it's just amazing to me. It sounds like that training,
0: like, it sounds like you were just going through the motions, right? Like going to work, it was hard, but you were managing. Everything was fine. Yes. And I say fine, like, oh, yes. fine, like it's not great or even good, no, but it's not awful enough to make a change. It was fine. And then something kind of like stirred and were awoken inside of you during that training, Yeah, right? It yeah. sounds like it was probably a pinnacle moment. Oh, my God. Of- it was.
2: And uh, don't get me wrong, like the second after I did that, I was even kind of crying when I was resigning. And my boss was like, why are you crying? I said, I don't know. I'm really happy. It was like birth, right? I was like, oh, my God, I'm really happy. And I just – it was – I don't know. It was just so – it was exactly what I needed to do, and I ended up staying another like two months because the company was so disorganized that they were just like, they kind of just wouldn't make a decision to hire somebody else. And then finally, I was like, "What is happening? Like, they're not letting me go. They're just letting me." And so I said, "Okay, this is my last day," and I left. And wow. And I have to say, I mean, it's a big deal. Um, you know, my kids are older, but my son was about to start kindergarten. Yeah. And uh, he's just, he's going to college this semester. So let's just put it that way. And he, I remember being like able to go to work, go to take him to school and able to go on the field trips and be a class parent and all of those things too. So in my life, it was like a rebirth for a lot of things, you know, all those things that I had missed because I was doing corporate work, you know? Wow. Michelle,
0: that's that's (laughs) powerful stuff there. That's, yeah that's just, it's like you get cracked open and like you wake up to your new life and you make a choice for happiness and you make a choice for your family and for yourself. And there's something really cool about
2: that. Yeah. And I, I have to say, my husband is very supportive because we were both for a full year, we were both freelance, which is huge. We had to pay out of pocket insurance. And, but then he ended up getting a job at a museum, which then flipped the roles where he had the insurance and all of that stuff and then it just it worked out perfectly so it's amazing how it's like yeah. right when you let go mm-hmm. is when everything kind of falls into totally late. yeah
0: yeah that's very beautiful yeah. and I knew none of this so I love that I just learned that about you mm-hmm. so I had a similar um experience in terms of like not as powerful and transformative as yours but in terms of like waking up to the birth world and pregnancy and postpartum and motherhood and this as a profession. And I remember spending every waking moment I had that I wasn't with my own children and family learning and learning and learning and being on calls and being on meetings and going to networking events and reading studies. And just, it was like getting a whole new education because there's this like, there's this thing when you find something you're passionate about, it really just, Every cell in your body kind of lights up and, and there's no, I remember being struck by, you know, K through 12 public education, even college where, you know, there's all these like tests and rubrics and and assignments and all this stuff. And it was like, I felt like in the first few months that I became a doula, I learned more in those few months because I was so deeply passionate than I learned in my entire education from, from birth to graduating college. And it was just incredible to me to finally, for the, maybe the first time in my life, feel really strongly, passionately about a subject. And it sounds like you went through something pretty. Yeah. Similar. I mean,
2: I remember too, like reading every single book, article, listening to any podcast I could about birth. And I, at one point I was like, I have to stop reading about birth. Like I need to do something else, but i was just so into it that it was, you know, exactly was filling my well and and then I also am just a person who takes care of people so I feel like that's where the new mom support group came into play you know they at first I remember somebody saying oh add 10 minutes 15 minutes on your prenatal yoga class and then you can just chat with the moms I'm like and then you realize that 10 15 minutes no try hour and a half two hours and that's just <laughs> the surface. Exactly. And so we added that on. And then I was like, oh, I just love this too, helping these moms. And, you know, listen, it was a huge financial difference in income. But I just started bringing my lunch and making my own coffee and, you know, just doing all those little things that I was like, whatever, I don't really need all of that, you know. Right. I, and I know. also the first few months after quitting my job, I realized how much, um, retail therapy I was doing because I had so much, like I had like, I don't know, 50 rolls of new, uh, wrapping paper and like just stuff everywhere that I just had no idea that I was, that was what I was doing. Stuff that I didn't even need, you know?
0: Stuff you didn't need, but you had the money. Yeah. And you were missing something you didn't even necessarily know you were missing. Right. Trying to fill it in other ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, now it's like I don't know, 12 years later, maybe, no, thir- longer 13. than that, 13 years later. And, yeah. uh, it was, uh, it, I, I love it so much, you know,
0: that's incredible.
2: So I feel like I'm very passionate
0: personally about personal finance. And so this, I feel like we could be doing a whole podcast about like retirement and, you know, like how we value saving now versus later, because you're a case study in like just live your best life, and you know the money falls into place. But I do want to talk about the birth side of it. So you took this prenatal yoga training, and I'm guessing then started teaching prenatal yoga classes. And what was next for you? You said that you then started doing uh, prenatal support groups. What came yeah. next? I know you ended so, up doing
2: birth doula work. Yeah. Your, well, where did your journey take you? Well, after I resigned. I still wasn't like a hundred percent. I knew that the birth part was a part of it, but it still wasn't a hundred percent. You know, I just was going to be a yoga teacher. Prenatal was going to be a little extra on the side, but then I realized that I just wanted to do that only. And I first I was teaching prenatal kids classes, itsy bits. Oh, I had done itsy bitsy yoga training. I had done that, and then regular yoga. But then I found that I was like the teacher who was known for the prenatal yoga and the it's yoga. And then that just kind of took me off into that category. And then I found that I just, I I taught like a regular yoga class for a little while, but then I just never taught that again. It was just prenatal, postnatal. And then um, in Jersey city, New Jersey, there was a, um, a community doula program that you could take and it was free. You got your certification with um, Deborah, Pascali Bonaro, right? Is oh, it, yeah. like you got yeah. your certification. She did our certification, but it was a whole program for a year that you serve the community of Jersey city by offering free doula services to four women in the community. Um, and then you got your certification for free. So I did that. Um, and that was amazing, but it was also dealing with a lot more than just birth. I mean, it was dealing with low income women that, they saw that you were giving a free dual, something free, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll do it." They had no idea what a doula was. Some of them, and they, you know, I mean, I do. I have kept in contact with one of my clients from them, but I'll never forget my very first client that I went way too early. <laughs> classic. <laughs> I him, classic, classic, classic mistake. And I went way too early, and I called my husband. I go, "I don't know what I'm doing." I was totally tired, and he's like, yeah. "Get through this birth." He was so good get through this birth and then make a decision. And I was Your like, husband oh. you. He, he did do it. Yeah. And so after that, then I started taking clients, but again, I only took like maybe four or five a year. So it was very, cause I was still teaching yoga a lot. And then I was like, how can I, I was using all that information that I had learned from the births into my teacher, into my training into in teaching women who are pregnant and it just like worked hand in hand and I only did a few over the you know, I never was one of the doulas that had like hundreds of births, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I have ten to my Well name. we
0: were just I mean we were just talking before we started recording about call time and just how little it's talked about and yeah. how yeah. it's really if if I could be a doula on a nine to five you know, a.m. or p.m., quite honestly, but just something predictable. Right. So I could plan childcare and plan the rest of my life. It would, I would be a doula. I would be a doula until the day I die. But it's, it's, the call time is, for me, it's suffocating and stressful and anxiety inducing to just never really know what's coming and always having to sort of be on and never be off. Yeah, I,
2: what I found was that I was starting to schedule my births based on all these different things i can't do it this month because it was my daughter's my kid's birthday i couldn't do it this month cuz it was going here i was and it was like getting down to like the tiniest amount of time that was available and one of my friends who is not in the birth world she goes do you see how you're you know it, it doesn't seem like you're making the space for it and i was like you're right and so i then i thought you know what, I'll just use that knowledge that I have and use it in other ways. And so that's where the, um I always did the new mom support group, but that's where the prenatal support group came into play because all these, so many women don't really know what they need to know when they're pregnant. And so I wanted to start educating them with that. All the stuff that I had learned from birth, I wanted people to know because they, so many people just focus on the nursery and the what they're going to buy and like, not really the experience. I mean, there are a few women that, that are, you know, knowledgeable and that are making They're studying and they're, you know, they're getting the information they need. But for the most part, I just want women to know what they can have and how to make the, you know, decisions for them during birth. Yeah. Um,
0: so let's talk about that because you are working with so many pregnant people mm-hmm. and so many postpartum people. What's, what is your advice for the person who's listening to this, who's pregnant or just had a baby or is thinking about getting pregnant? What is, after all of these years of experience, what are things that you would tell them? What are tips that they should be able to take away to think about their transition into motherhood?
2: Yeah, I think you need to empower yourself with knowledge. That's the first mount, ma- first thing. You know, do as as there's some people that don't want to know a lot about birth and what happens. Right. And that's fine, but you need to know what your options are and what your choices are. So go that route and at least know that there's different things that can happen. And, and just also trust your gut because that is going to move its way into motherhood. Because if you trust, like, if you know that something feels right during your labor, during your birth, during your pregnancy, then when you have the baby, you're going to know this isn't right. Is this what's happening with my baby? Isn't right. Or this is, this is normal or, you, you know what I mean? Like it, it just kind of moves into new motherhood. Um, I, I
0: do know what you mean, because I love the idea of, yes, we need to empower ourselves through education and, and getting knowledge. However, there's, there's no amount of knowledge that Trump's getting, a good connection in our gut and listening to our instincts because our bodies know when something's wrong our bodies know when somebody's not giving us good advice our bodies Mm -hmm. sort of can have this extra sense that we haven't necessarily tuned into in like a scientific way but it exists our instincts are strong and you know I think education is powerful because it Uh, it changes the power structure in a relationship you know when we go into our births knowing absolutely nothing we are we are pretty powerless in our uh, interactions with nurses and doctors and midwives and and anybody pediatricians NICU doctors that we're coming across but there is something to be said about trusting your gut and using the information that's that's separate from reading and research but really like tuning into when we feel something is right
2: or something is wrong. The other thing I do is in my prenatal yoga teacher training, I'm actually helping women to learn how to feel what's going on in their body and telling them, these are the things you want to look out for when you're in this pose or this could possibly happen during labor. So do it. You know what I mean? I'm connecting all of the dots for them in prenatal yoga class it's a very conversational class. So we talk about everything. Women ask questions, you know, so it's not like strict, like doing poses and getting out of the class, but, you know, just kind of creating that, that they can kind of tap into that. And I tell them all the time, like, you know, if you think about that now, eventually it's just become going to become a habit. And when you're in labor, when everything becomes very instinctual, it's just going to come out like anything that we learned here or anything that we talked about, your body is just going to automatically do it. So
0: that's an incredible thing. And, you know, trusting our gut. When I think that there's so many women and mothers who don't, who have Mm -hmm. been trained or something has happened along the way. I'm still, as I'm raising my daughter, I'm trying to figure it out so I can prevent it from happening to her. But like, there's this thing that happens where we're like, uber confident as young children. And then something happens where we lose touch with our instincts, with our gut, with our confidence to sort of take up space. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if you have a theory on when or where that happens or how it happens. I think it's somewhere around middle school, but I'm not actually like put my finger on it. But there is something serious that happens to children um, along the way. And so to help parents as they're preparing for labor to reconnect to that
2: mm-hmm.
0: is, is hugely powerful. Yeah.
2: Um, I think you're right about the middle school. I think, <laughs> I think, well, also I think it's different for our children just because they're growing up with social media. So which so is bad. Yeah, I mean, I am, my kid
0: is nine and he's begging me for a phone.
2: Yeah. Hold but out I, 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 I held out until eighth grade, I think. And we were not very popular.
0: <laughs> yeah, I we told him we would revisit it at 11. I just kind of, I can't believe this is the conversation that I'm having with you right now because I still am like firmly in my birth experience and my newborn hood. And, you know, this is the world I kind of stayed in. And suddenly I'm having conversations about whether you can have a phone and he's watching TikTok videos on his friend's phone at camp. And I'm like, how is this all happening? I'm not really sure, but <laughs> it, like, it is happening. My um, he's going to
2: college, like my baby. I,
0: I can't <laughs> wait. I just can't wait. Um, so there's like back to this where we lose our power thing, which might not be like where the conversation is supposed to go, but I'm, I want to go here. We, I posted in, um, our facebook group we have a facebook group everybody who's listening is welcome to join it's called be her village community and it's a place for birth workers and parents and parents to be and support people to join together and have really interesting conversations so i posted um i wonder if we were to extend the developmental chart right like we know every baby We know when they're supposed to roll over. We know when they're supposed to get their first tooth. We know when they're supposed to be able to sit up, when they're supposed to do parallel play, when they're supposed to walk, when they're supposed to, you know, we have all of these social and emotional and physical developmental milestones. We have them mapped out. And then I don't know when the chart ends, but it ends before adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what I, and I pose this question to our community of almost 500 people. What would be on that chart for Mm -hmm. you? And the answers were so enlightening. And I encourage everyone to go to our group and look at the answers. But it was like, what what stood out for me is that the answers were things that we need to relearn. Like a lot of the answers were learning how to say no, learning how to apologize, learning how to, you know, be confident in ourselves. There was all these sorts of things that I think about a two-year-old. And two-year-olds do it instinctually. They, they hold their ground. They are very confident in their bodies. They say no. At least my two-year-olds. <laughs> I think everybody's. They sort of have this presence about them that that we then need to relearn somehow when we're adults. And I just I wonder where that gap is, where, where that's happening for us.
2: Yeah, I that that you're right. Like the well, I always say babies are natural yogis, right? Yes. They're in the moment. They they do, for sure. They say they don't. You know they. They don't, they say when they don't want something, they hold their ground, they throw a fit, they, you know, all of those things. Um, but yeah, I, I think we have to relearn all of that. And it's, it's, it's sad that, that we have to get to that, like, we, or also, do you ever notice like when somebody does, you know, feel confident enough to do all of those things and say no, and, you know, do all of those things for themselves, you often look at them like, who is that person? Like, what? And we shouldn't, like, that should be, we should be like, that's amazing. Look what she's doing. Well, I'm wondering though, like,
0: is it part of our, of becoming socialized, right? Is that we're told to be kind, to share, to be nice, to like, sort of push Mm -hmm. our own needs down Mm -hmm. for the needs of the greater community, Mm -hmm. but somehow we lose our balance in there, Uh right? Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of, especially in these very divisive and divided times of community and of finding places where we can connect and places that were similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is in that community, there is sort of repressing our own individual needs. So yeah. very, very interesting study. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: but I think that we certainly as people who are supporting women and people who are becoming mothers, it is, we can see it that there's this sort of there's this reconnection that needs to happen that is happening in your
2: Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, is I try to teach women, even, even if they don't take childbirth ed, but in the prenatal yoga, I teach them, I'm like, you have to, you know, just trust your gut and just say no and tell, you know, ask or ask the question, what happens if I don't do this? What happens if I, and they're like, we, and often they look at me and they're like, I can ask that. And I'm like, yeah, it's you, it's your body. You know, we have that whole white coat syndrome in birth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, and then there's, there's some women that I've come into encounter with that encountered with that, that are just amazing women that tell me like, I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to do that. You know? And I said, great. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember this woman calling me and saying, you know, the doctor wants to induce me and I'm not ready for that. And I said, well, then ask him what happens if you don't. And if you like the answer, then you can go. And if you don't like the answer, then you you know, you, you can just make your decision there. Certain uh so she chose not to go. She just didn't show up to the induction. I was like, great. And guess what? She went into labor on her own on like two days later. And guess what else? The doctor was on vacation. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. so. you no, know,
0: there's this as I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about this like need to be liked and this need to like not ruffle people, yeah. you know, this worry that if we say no, we're going to be viewed as a bad patient or a difficult person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I have supported so many women who are nervous about being rude during labor or being rude or being a bitch or being, you know, unliked or unlikable mm-hmm. during their birth their labor. Right. And it's interesting to me because my former doula partner and I, we both love, 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 love that moment when we let go of our pleases and thank yous and where we let go of caring about what everybody else in the room thinks about us and caring about everybody else in the room's needs. And labor has this like beautiful thing of making it all about us in a really pure way. Like it has to be all about us because we are enduring and transforming and and going through something. And in the best case scenario, that sort of power that we tap into of just letting everything else fall away, it usually, at least a little part of it, it depends on the person, it carries over into parenthood. It carries over into our marriages if we're married and our relationships into our friendships. There's this thing like, once you experience really deeply only caring about your own needs and stating them plainly without fluff, there's something really powerful about that, that you kind of can't go, you can't unsee or unfeel or unknow that. Mm-hmm. That's just, you've now been in that place. It's almost that return, right? Mm-hmm. From toddlerhood. Right. <laughs> After being yeah. socialized away from that, We there's something about birth and motherhood that Breaks us down to the point where we're right back to that place, but it it can be a really positive thing to Mm -hmm. be in touch with that.
2: But you touched on something too about relationships with your partner. Um, Mm -hmm. my husband and I are going to be married 29 years this fall, and uh, you know, our kids are my son is leaving, our daughter is already out, and we're getting we're like dating again, right? And so it comes back to that whole you know, just Talking to each other in a different way, because we're much different than when we started, you know, that many years ago. And so just like being able to speak to your partner and letting them know, like how you feel about things, even now, like it's it's continuing, continuing to evolve the relationship. So, you know, just it, it starts with all of those not feeling bad about how you feel. It's okay to feel a certain way. And it's okay for them to feel a certain way.
0: And it's okay for us to feel
2: our feelings at the same time, maybe in different rooms. No, yeah, exactly. And so the, yeah, so the, the, uh, um, the people that you are in the room when you're giving birth, like who cares what they feel like, like you're giving birth and just do what you need to do, you know? Yeah
0: and and in parenthood as well yes. yeah maybe you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you need to meet your baby's needs You need to meet your own needs there's something really beautiful about priorities becoming really clear um as we move through yeah. our adult. there's
2: a woman it. there's a woman that I work with here in hope and she's in Hoboken and she does um oh no I can't forget what it's called she works with um families to um to help them advocate for themselves, like in medical times or like at school or whatever. So like she has this story about how she holds her babies when they get vaccinated. And, and then she's come into contact with nurses that say, no, you have to put the baby down on the table. And she's like, no, I'm going to hold my baby. And they start, you know, going back and forth. And then she said, maybe you need to go get another nurse that will come in here and help me hold my baby. You know, let me hold my baby while you give them the vaccination. And so, Um, so it's just important to just, you stand your ground, like you said, for your child and you're supporting them and you're showing them that they can ask for these certain circumstances. And, you know, so many people just go with what is being told. And, you know, I have to say my two births, I didn't know anything about birth and whatever they said is what I did. Mm. They turned out okay. I have to say, considering what I know now, but like. But I wish I could do it over again just to do what, you know, use all the information that I know now.
0: Yes. And that's, I mean, that's such a big part, too, of this journey and evolution through. I had three completely different births, C-section, V-back, home birth.
2: Right.
0: And I... I was so different for each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. And if I was ever to get pregnant again, which God willing, I won't, it, it's, (laughs) it would be very different now as you know, there's just, there's only so much we can do with the information we have at the time that we have it. And I've started doing, um, parent interviews of birth stories and transitions into parenthood partners and, and birthing people. And one of the most recent ones that we um, that we broadcast was uh, Bethany, who had a really traumatic birth, and it's it's difficult to talk about traumatic birth. I mean, really traumatic. If you want to hear her story, it's pretty wild. It's it's on our podcast. Um, the thing is we only go in knowing what we have in the moment. We only go in with who we are and the tools we have and the information we have. So, you know, with, with any of our births, we need lots and lots and lots of forgiveness for ourselves. That's at least that's how I phrase it because we just, we're all literally every single one of us is doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was one of the earliest recognitions and like earliest, um, what is it called? Revelations that I had with parenthood was recognizing that every single one of us is doing the best we can, even though it looks really different. You know, breastfeeding, formula feeding, screen time, no screen time, working, you know, staying home. There's all these different choices. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure, like the vast majority of us, maybe one or two of us is not trying that hard, but I think everybody's just doing the absolute best we can. And the tools we have are different right like yeah you didn't have those tools for our first birth but now we know and and the people who are listening to this right now and in touch with us as part of our work now know too and it's it's really incredible how this next generation of parents is waking up yeah. to the tools available to yeah. them it's, it's and, pretty
2: awesome yeah to watch. and also like you like as a doula you know we always are we always Uh, working towards the next birth right we learn something at every single birth that we attend and we take that to the next birth and take it to the next birth and over and so sometimes these women are preparing for the second birth their first birth you know is like you said they have the tools they have but then they learn so much Mm -hmm. and then they take it to the next birth yes you know so it's I mean, that's why I love doing what I'm doing is because I'm just sharing everything that I've learned and heard and, you know, because I'm still constantly, you know, reading and (laughs) listening to things to share with women and surrounded by all the people, the like-minded birth people (laughs) that I'm around, you know, to, to, to give this information to people, to the women, so...
0: I love it, yeah. Michelle. Share with us what your advice is, or what you want pregnant people who are listening to this and new moms to know. <laughs> give us like one big um,
2: final, one big final drop um, of wisdom. You know, just give yourself some grace. I always say, give yourself grace because like you said, Caitlin, that that's, you know, we're only, we, we can make it through this moment by the information that we have and, and just, you know, trust that, trust your gut. That's always the thing that I said. I think I said this before that you, you know, that you're going to make the right decisions. And yes, we all make mistakes, but we all learn from those mistakes. And, uh, um, and also surround yourself with, with a community of moms or women That can support you you know you have I always say you have all your friends and one of my ladies said it perfectly you have friends from every stage of life that you have and even though you have your best friends from college and from high school they may not be pregnant or going through birth the same time that you are going through this so you will get your mom friends and you will those will be women that you will hold on forever that will support you so community is key for sure
0: It really is. I couldn't agree more. And and it's something that in these times we have to actively build. We really have to reach out and touch and find other people who are in our life stage. Um, But it's so important and it's kind of the only way
2: through and forward. Yeah. And you know, in the last year we've learned, you know, yeah, we couldn't meet in person, but um, as much as you're not liking the zoom calls they were definitely needed and these women really loved being able to log on and talk to other women because they were in their homes by themselves eventually we got outside and we met you know we meet in person now but but just know that it's it's good to get on there and just talk to other moms
0: absolutely yeah the zoom calls were Awful, but they were so much better than not
2: having them. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> and you feel you feel like when you're a new mom, you feel like the walls are closing in on you, and nobody's going through the same thing that you go. And so, whenever a new mom would join the group, you know, she would ask a question like very timidly, and I said, "Okay, who else has experienced that?" And everybody's hand went up, you know. So, really? and then she's like, oh, you could tell, like, okay, it's not just me," you know. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: Here's a question, a quick final question that we'll cut if you if the answer is no. Have you watched Working Moms? Yes. Do you identify at all with the hilarious uh facilitator of their mom group?
2: Yes. She's yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Cracks me up.
0: Awesome. Because I'm sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, you are her. That is <laughs> that is what you're doing. And she is hilarious i mean she's like, yeah
2: it's so funny and it's just the things you know you hear you hear the things actually every group you take something from the group and you share it with the next group and then you just like i mean i've been doing this for so long that it's just it's funny that it comes it keeps coming back all the things but yeah she's hilarious mm-hmm. um you know Canada. the the it, it, it's the that group of women is funny too but she i i like I, I do identify with her. <laughs> Good, awesome. I forget her name, though.
0: I have no idea. I just know she is absolutely hilarious, and she is probably the source of most of my belly laughing. Yeah. In probably because I'm in the I'm on that professional side now, and not the new mom side. So it's pretty it's pretty hilarious yeah. uh, to see those these types of roles in the mainstream.
1: Yeah. Great. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on here and having this conversation. What is your contact information? How can people find you and get involved with groups? Yeah,
2: so it's um, uh, on Instagram, JC Bump and Baby, Facebook, JC Bump and Baby. I do have a Facebook group um, called JC Bump Moms. And then, of course, it's JC Bump and Baby at Gmail is the so everybody's like what is JC well it's you know Jersey City because it was local for a while but now I'm going I guess I'm going global right because you have Zoom I've had people come from the UK to class and I've had them come all across the country so wow that's amazing yeah
0: I love it wonderful well thank you so much for this Michelle it was so great to have you on thank you so much